Um, we are excited this afternoon to uh, have a guest that many of you are here ready to uh, listen to and learn from. And um, uh, with no further ado, we're just going to get right to it. I would like to introduce Dr. Amanda Vollmer. So how are you today, Amanda? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, we're having a bit of a weird uh, weather, something going on in the background. So <laughs> hopefully all the lights stay on. Oh, are you? A little bit of a storm? Yeah, sort of rain and ice pellets and lots of wind. Yeah. Well, yeah. What part of the country are you in? I'm in um, just north of Toronto in Canada. Okay. okay. And uh, I'm, I'm, it's a two, two and a half hours north of Toronto. Great, great. I wasn't sure what part. Um, I know that you're in Canada, but okay. All right. Well, well, fantastic. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just share a little bit about um, how serendipitous and interesting this is, uh, because I have just recently found the uh, Universal Antidote channel, right, with a discussion of the book and that documentary. And you are um, spoken of often in that in there and i had not read your book i'm so sorry that i didn't know of your book but my husband is a big dmso fan and so a few people have posted it and it caught my eye and i said wow that's fantastic let me go ahead and pop that in my book you know my purchase cart and i'll go ahead and buy the book and i think it was maybe within 24 hours maybe 48 i got an email from crash and she said well you know you reach out to this pr guy and, um, you know, we're, we're, we want to talk about, you know, bringing this person on the show. And then I started reading the email and I was like, oh, my gosh, I just put her book in my cart. So it was very interesting um, how that stuff works. And then you just know that it was meant to be. So um, pretty that's how I, I learned of you and, and watching some of your videos since then. And um, you're just quite a dynamic person, in my opinion. And your harmony with nature uh, truly there. And, um, you know, I'm very excited to get to know you and bring some more of your information to people who need it because it's certainly changing now. The time has come and the time is here. So I, I don't know how Crash uh, found out about you. So let's, let's hear your story, Crash. <clears throat> I watched one of your amazing rants about what's happening. <laughs> and that led me to your book and your website and to learn I'm right down the street from Bogalusa, Louisiana. Like that's one of the closest towns to me. So if I need to go to like Walmart or something, that's where I go. And um, that's actually where they started making DMSO. Um, I don't know if you, I, I've been doing research into it. I was like, that's really cool. It's right there. But um, no, I just, I felt as soon as I saw your rant, I was like, I need to talk to her. I need to hear what you have to say. So I'm going to, for once in these podcasts, unless I have a question pop up on here, I'm going to zip it. And I just want to hear what you have to say. Sounds great. Okay. Um, we do have a live audience that will, I did promise them, which is one of the reasons we love to do live because people then might feel lost or completely overwhelmed do have an opportunity to reach out and ask a question so i'll pop some questions up you can see the screen right if i put a question up okay and you decide whether you want to answer it or not um 
you can just say, you know, we're going to pass on that question, not the right time or something like that. But um, I'll, we'll go ahead and do that between Chelsea and I. So, um, so whatever is on your heart, we know that most people are thrilled with your knowledge of DMSO and the detoxing with, as you and Crash call it the thing, she calls it the thing when we talk about it also, um, which is the hot topic. So, mm -hmm. so, um, so go ahead and take it away and um, what, whatever is coming to your heart right off the bat that you'd like to share, go right ahead. Yeah, well, I, I might have a rant coming soon again. <laughs> well, we're all about ranting. <laughs> well, there's times when you just feel it's broiling in you. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a Holy Spirit sort of overcomes and you want it. You have to. And, and, and that I feel compelled oftentimes to do that, to express myself. Um, but now I, I'm a lot of my focus is the rebuilding of of folk medicine and um, training people to understand their bodies because then we don't get into a situation where we're unsure and when we're in fear unsure then we walk right into the to the, the pit of fire which is the hospitals and the doctors and these um the cult as i call it yeah which can only see through their um indoctrination and they don't understand the body from a holistic perspective. Thanks, Shelley. Yeah, my rant that's brewing is, um, which I did sort of a little one along the same lines, is just of, of really trying to encourage people to not default the way they would in the past and, you know, call the ambulance or hospital or whatever, like to take action first to prep if they can. Right. And to not get, I'll just move my mic closer, and to not get in a situation in the first place where they need those services, apart from, of course, you know, an emergency or so forth. But I've had stories come to me of people who are um, just, you know, maybe they were throwing up. I have one story of that, another story, uh, you know, having a fever, just not feeling well, and they've been uh, not, they're not getting support by the clinic or the doctor. So then it's, they don't know what else to do. They don't know how to treat it at home or they don't know how to support themselves properly right. at home right. where they could have, mm -hmm. someone could have instructed them what to do mm -hmm. and they would have been out of the woods and they would have been able to recover at home on their own. Instead, they get upset or panicky or they call a friend and the friend goes, well, you should go to the hospital. I, I, on so many forums and things, how many times I've heard, you should go to the doctor, you should go to the hospital. Oh, you have a symptom, you should go, you should, you, you should do that. Right. And that's, that's uh, we need to retrain people. So that is the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not there for us how right. we thought. And to not get put through this insane thing filter uh, now, because everything is the new disease mm -hmm. and everything is about a ventilator and sedating people yeah. to death. Um, you can't trust them. And so, you know, there's this one situation where this woman was, um, had a hip surgery. So she's obviously needing follow-up care. She had a hip replacement. So no one taught her ahead of time how to prevent osteoporosis or osteopenia, how to prevent having the hip replacement need in the first place. So there's that neglect that's right. going on. Okay. So that's step one. 
then she gets the surgery and after anesthesia you can feel ill right you can have problems with your gut because you've been poisoned essentially and they don't say okay after care about anesthesia you should drink more pure water take topical magnesium increase your vitamin c levels vitamin d levels they don't do things like that to tell you how to support your liver to detox from the anesthesia. Well, so that's bad for business, isn't it? Well, it's just they don't care. They don't. Yeah. They're not. They're not thinking long term about the patient. They're thinking job's done. Get out the door. Your local, you know, family doctor. You can go for follow ups or whatever. You know, um, so they don't consider. They're not considerate. They don't care about those long term. You know, they might just have wound care if there's a wound care, but not the internal stuff. Sure. And um, and then they might also be on a bunch of other drugs on top of it. So this woman began to uh, throw up from post post op, and she wasn't stopping. It, it it was getting to become worrisome. And so she called the clinic, and the the clinic wasn't getting back to her in a timely manner. And if you know about this situation can become very dehydrated. Um, and of course, with any amnesis, it can be stressful on the body and on the muscles. And she's elderly and she just had a hip replacement surgery. So she ended up having to call the ambulance because it wasn't stopping and no one was getting back to her. So that was her only option. She didn't know another way to stop. She didn't know about homeopathy to stop amnesis. She does know about DMSO. She doesn't know about those things. So she, the, the ambulance then informs her that she has to be received with a mask on. <laughs> okay, so let's get this straight. We have a woman who can't stop throwing up. Yeah. Okay, but she has to cover her, her mouth. Um, and if you know about trying to not throw up, there's a breathing thing you try to do to, to, to not, you know? So how are you supposed to do that? It's, it's, it was absurd to be, you know... The other thing I wanted to say is if you're a paramedic, okay, you're in the line of fire. You're going to, you don't know what you're walking into. You could walk into a trauma. You could walk into a needle stick injury. You could walk into, and you don't even know. So that's the risk you took to sign up to be a paramedic. So how about get, grow some, grow a pair and know that it's, it can be a dangerous profession and masking someone who doesn't have cold or flu symptoms is the antithesis of what you're supposed to be doing, which is actually caring for people in an emergency situation. Yeah. If you're masked and you're shielded and you're all jabbed up, what do you have to worry about? Go in and if the patient can't wear a, a stupid face diaper, don't make them do it, but they do. Protocol, just following orders. Exactly. So this woman now is ill, is weak, has a hip replacement surgery, but her masks are upstairs. So she's going to comply because she needs help. So her husband is infirm and can't walk. So she's going up the stairs now on her own. At the top of the stairs, she has an episode and falls head first down a full flight of stairs. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So the ambulance <laughs> finds her crumpled at the bottom of the stairs unconscious. Of course, no mask because she couldn't get to the mask. And now they have two situations to deal with. Of course, the line of communication is broken. So the woman gets admitted to the hospital. She's laying in the room and she's left alone. And what happens next is she vomits and then she aspirates her vomit. Mm -hmm. 
And then they say, oh, she's aspirated her vomit. We better sedate her and put her on a ventilator. Oh, geez. And and the absurdity from the beginning of that story to, to that place, I when I heard that, I... I mean, the, the amount of neglect and malpractice and lawsuits that could happen, just even personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people are, don't seem to be afraid of that. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think they, you know, there's a whole other separate part of what we do, but it's helping people learn how to do affidavits. And it comes from a patriot that knows it very well. Um, and people are learning. Just yesterday, we were contacted by a, a frontline critical care nurse who fought the whole thing and got fired and she's going to be uh, serving affidavits too. But I think that, um, you know, people think it costs lots and lots of money and lawyers and so forth. And these multi-billion dollar corporations aren't afraid of that. They know most people won't. So. Yeah. If most people did, it would be a very different situation. Yeah. So there, there is a way around that folks. Um, and those of you who know us know what that is, but it, it is the affidavit system and you can message us later for more of that information. If you feel like you need to fight back and it's not expensive and it's very powerful. So, and maybe even if you were thinking ahead and say, say you knew a surgery was coming up or, um, say you had um, you hadn't been well for a while, or you're dealing with another situation, and you may call upon a hospital, you know, a, an ambulance. Um, maybe doing it ahead of time to serve the the hospital and let them know what you expect, that you have exemptions or what your rights are, and that you do not, you will not be masked in an emergency situation, and also to to say that you will, you never wish to be vented. I mean, right, right. that would be something to put out ahead of time. So then to prevent this ins absolute insanity. Um, and, and there was no positive test for any fake disease anyway, uh, for her. So the ventilator is money grab. They, they do make a lot, they get quotas in Canada. So the more they use and they, they meet their quotas, they get a lot of money. And I think a lot of the protocols are written to support the quotas rather than what the patient actually is presenting with and needs. And that question there about the ventilators, the problem is it's forced. It is a forced breathing. And so it is actually very damaging to the lung tissue because you're not allowing for variation in your own in your own needs of, of, of breath, which can change, right? So it's non-variegated, but also um, it's the sedation itself uh, and and just the method, if you see them where they're flipped on their front and they're naked and they're exposed and they're, it just, it, it looks, it's so disrespectful. Yeah. I actually um, lost my mother-in-law in September due to the same thing. She went in. We, we I personally feel like her life was taken, but she got COVID, turned into COVID pneumonia, the ventilator, the whole nine yards, and she passed in the hospital. Right. So that's the story, right? Where they, I mean... First of all, let's get to the nitty gritty. There's no COVID. There's an, a freedom of information bunch of requests that there's no isolation. There's no evidence of an existence of this so-called virus. So there's never, ever been any such thing. And she she knows that. We ranted about that on the phone earlier. I, she was she should have done the Dr. Evil quotes on COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just to compare to the audience, we have to stop stop yep. assuming there's a thing i mean and then when you really get into it then you go to all the other so-called viruses and they were never isolated either you can't you can't say it's science when you take material 
um, out of a body and you put it in a petri dish and you poison it and you stress it and you strain it and then you make residue and then you filter it and then you say the residue is the disease that's the causal yeah to me that's insanity and that's the opposite mm -hmm. of science um, good science would be to say okay if we're taking something out of the living body first of all we should make sure that we don't alter what is coming from the body to make sure that 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 what we find is the same thing as is in the body the second it's removed from from the living blood it's changed because these cells are pleomor pleomorphic which means they change shape depending on the solution the terrain or the nutritional medium that they're put in uh because our cells are alive and they respond to ph and so so they've never done that just that one piece of science right there the whole thing is garbage never mind the rest of it which is also garbage right um and then you know naming some sort of now it's covid pneumonia now it's this it's it's a cult it's now right. everything's painted with the same brush and just because you've <clears throat> tested uh positive with a technique called pcr that is being created from an in silico which is a computer generated piece of dna never isolated from a human they never said okay let's find it from a human let's ensure through the protocols of enders or or the 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 conscious postulates that it actually causes the thing we said it's, it does they haven't done that um <clears throat> and then let's take it from there and go all right, well, let's find a sequence in it so we can I, try to identify in people. Okay, then that if you did that properly, then that's called good science. None of that was done. And now you have a random piece of in silico tissue from a computer that's looking for something matching enough to a human uh, body, which is complex, and having all kinds of waste being made, especially if you're already expressing right. in any type of cold flu uh, right. detox, which is what that is. Right. It's and it's random. So and they already admitted it. They already admitted the PCR creates all kinds of false positives, but yet they still use this. Yeah, it's it's um, it's astonishing to me that it's been out for so long and and in a pretty broad spectrum. And there are still so many people that just don't know. You know, there's a lot of control of the information and people who are hypnotized by the story by the soap opera. I mean, look how many soap operas have been put out into the through the television. All our stories are like soap operas, like dramas. And I think the beginning when they started to do the, um, you know, um, where it was looking like real life, you know, like those housewives things or whatever, they were trying to blend fiction with, with, uh, with reality. And that was part of their alteration of the mind in, in this war on the mind right. um, to then once they start to lie about their stories that they've already been putting through the media, it, it, it sounds believable, but it's, it's hogwash. It, right. it, it's not real life. So people are already living in a virtual reality mm -hmm. makeup land. And so the TV validates that for them thing that, that, that I think we're, what people swallow the most are the numbers, these big numbers they love to throw at, eh? like 30,000 cases today and yeah. this many deaths and thousands and thousands and thousands. And they keep doing this thousands thing. I'm like, does yeah. anyone ever ask where are they getting this number from? Right. Numbers? Right. Yeah. These cases? <laughs> 
and yeah. and where the flu went. <laughs> well, that that was a big one. I'm I'm like this is the only disease left on Earth. People wake up, <laughs> wake up. Two hundred thousand people a year die of influenza, and two hundred thousand people died in 2020, 2021 in a in a twelve month period of time. I'm like this matches. Take a look that this matches. There's nothing excess. Yeah, there was uh, what did they say between. September 27th, 2020, and May 15th, 2021, um, they had only 2,124 flu cases on record. So, okay, where, so then they say, then. For a hundred year old disease that they couldn't find a cure for. That, well, that in the 2019 to 2020 flu season, um, they had uh, 39 million people that contracted the flu. So, so it's more than 200,000, 39 million people for this CDC numbers had the flu in that year. And now we have 2000. Okay. You know, and, but people still can't, can't figure out that this is a marketing gig, yeah. you know, and a rebranding event wow. and, uh, and that everyone had to go through Klaus Schwab's school um, <laughs> to, to become a politician because you have to, you have to get his seal of approval or their, the World Economic Forum's seal of approval to get into that power position to be their liar for them. Right. right. And, and people can't, I don't know why it's so hard to see that this is what evil is and this is what's happening, yeah. but they refuse. I think a to lot look. of it right now is pride. I'm seeing a lot of pride out of people that you can tell that they know that something's off at this point, but they'll never admit it because they drank the Kool-Aid and they yelled at us and, you know. Right. And brainwashed. Pull in. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that, obviously. I mean, we went, I went to the store earlier and my town has been maskless for a long time. Everybody's so much more chill here than everywhere else I've gone. And the whole store, there were so many people walking around with masks again. I was like, we're really doing this again. And It's just because, you know, Lord Fauci goes up and does his little thing and everybody panics. Well, it's history repeating itself because we know the communist agenda has always started with fear. It's the control. Mm-hmm. We're very easy to control. Two things. You have fear and hope. They always right. have the two contrasting things to keep both sides right. not doing anything. And they, they've studied our psychology well. I mean, they've been been doing that for a long time. They know how to manipulate the majority of humans that are mankind or, you know, I don't like the word hue, human, color of man, but you know what I mean? Um, they, they, they've known how to manipulate, especially children and get them young and also to distract us. They've put all kinds of tech out there to distract us. And then the poisoning, of course, so the IQ is lower. Make sure you get the shots in very young so you can't see how bright and incredible the children are because you have no comparison so you don't know that after their first shots their their iq just dropped 20 points right how are you going to know so they've been getting away with mass murder through their fake germ theory uh ideology you know for a couple hundred years pretty much and we're coming out of it now we're trying to come out of it now because the knowledge is coming coming to the surface which is which is such a it's uh, it's such a beautiful time to be alive for that reason to see it yeah. 
And those of us that are empaths and really in touch with nature and God and, and we go, we don't understand why is there two tons of plastic in the ocean? I don't understand. Why, why wouldn't that be illegal? Why wouldn't they go after the plastic manufacturers and tell them they have to use dissolvable sort, right? Well, because it's evil. And we know that now. But for years, all of the wondering of why don't, you know, they regulate this and why? Well, we see it now. And so many waking up to it. And, you know, at the top of the list is P-H-A-R-M-A. I can't even say that word on here because it's an algorithm word too, but oh, yeah. they're, they're at the top of the list. And it, that's a beautiful thing to see. Um, sadly, the people that are expiring and being injured is not a beautiful thing to see the casualties of this, the trusting mm -hmm. people, but the, the, in light of it being exposed, it's an incredible thing to see. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, it's tough to witness the, the, the level of manipulation um, and the repercussions. And they've been given disclosure through subtle means. So if they were able to question a little bit and then start to look elsewhere, then they would be able to start to see through something's not right, you know? Um, but people uh, have to be strong enough to face it. Their psyche has to be strong enough. And most people, they aren't, it isn't. Uh, they want to live in the world they want to live in. So people who have complied, it's not been as difficult for those of us who haven't. So you see it more when you have to walk into a store and everyone looks at you because you refuse to wear a, a, a muzzle, mm -hmm. um, which is part of the conditioning, the, tra the Pavlovian training to accept the slavery, which is to hide your face, to be sh ashamed of, of showing your face basically, and to be told that you're a living disease, that even if you have no symptoms, you're somehow going to hurt people and to train children to think that way. Yeah. And then also to reward just following the orders no matter what and not to question authority. So those people will get the rewards and then that breeds more of the same. So that's the engineering that's been going on um, toward their end goal. Right. Um, so there's a question I wanna address here and it's a question I get a lot. Um, for one, I would suggest as a resource, uh, Don Lester and David Parker, they're, they have an excellent blog on whatreallymakesyouill.com. And also they have a book called What's Really Make, What Really Makes You Ill. And I do recommend reading that, you know, it's huge. <laughs> it's a, it's a ten, it was a 10 year uh, journey for them. So uh, Dawn, D-A-W-N, I'm gonna put yes. it in the chat. Okay. Yes, Dawn Lester and David Parker. I've interviewed them a couple of times. So if you go to yummy.doctor and you search for them, okay. you, can, you can find those interviews. And we talk a lot about, you know, the myths of some of the diseases from the past that people have attributed to a virus, which has all been broken down. Doesn't it, it never happened that way? None of those stories are true. Um, and the the just because okay, first thing is to never assume because when you have another story running in your mind, the the lazy way it's not a judgment. It's just we're inherently we want to salvage our energy. So so laziness. You know, if we can do less, <laughs> we will right. by nature, right? So the lazy way or the first reactive way is to assume with what you've already been told, right. okay? That if you come down, come down, people say come down. You didn't come down with anything. Actually, everything came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
everything's coming up and out. So you start to express the symptoms and the symptoms are the healing mechanisms kicking in. So you start to express your healing mechanisms and then other people around you in your tribe, typically you'll see in uh, people you're around a lot, whether it's your family or it's your work family, uh, will also, some of them may also seem like they're getting the same thing. Um, but that you have to first say, maybe there's another reason, okay? Rather than assume, oh, it's because there was an invisible particle floating through the air and I talked to you and then you got it. That's an assumption. That's not actually fact. That's just based on what you've been told and what you believe about the world. And you're taking that and then uh, completing the sentence, right? So if you're a true scientist, you'll say, well, what if there was another way that you could start to express and another person was potentially affected by your expression? Uh, first of all, it could have been coincidental because people in families uh, have similar terrain displays or expressions or situations. They eat similarly. They might have similar emotional uh, milieu. They may uh, have similar exposures to toxins. You cannot assume that it wasn't that dinner that you ate together that oh, triggered, that had um, GMOs and pesticides or fluoride or whatever, that began a similar process inside of your body as your family did, as your sibling or as your parents started to go through. So we can't just make assumptions that it was some floaty thing in the air that did it, that it's, a, it's going around. First of all, we have expression seasons for detox. So we have points in which during certain times of year, we have seasonal triggers that the body is needing to express and heal during those times to prepare for, say, a long winter or prepare for a rainy season or something like this. So, so there are seasonal triggers. That's why we have a flu season and this sort of thing. And, or we have everyone gets poisoned the same way. So you have Halloween and then you have Christmas and everyone starts getting sick because they're drinking more alcohol, they're eating sugar, they're not taking care of their health, right? That's the big one. That's the big one. So just because everyone- also get exposed to the same major stressors, especially in a family unit, financial, other things that will compound that. And the placebo effect, the belief that if somebody is ill, uh-oh, I know I'm going to get it. How many people have said that? Oh, man. My I was wrong. So, so. I, I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so being a practitioner for as long as I have, you know, basically since 2006, I was helping people in 2008, I graduated. I've been around all kinds of people with all kinds of expression going on. And I would only resonate with some of them, with certain of them. And I'm very empathic. But I would pick up things that are not considered contagious. I would pick up their rheumatoid arthritis. I would pick up their hip pain. I would pick up their breast pain. I, I would pick up all kinds of different impressions and sensations from hearing people's stories of what they were going through. So that means there's another phenomenon at play, a resonance phenom phenomenon that we know exists. Harmonic resonance or sympathetic resonance is a real phenomenon. And science wholeheartedly ignores evidence and fact of our fields, of our the way our mind works, the way trauma can process as disease inside our body, 
Um, and if you study German new medicine, it explains very much how uh, how a shock or a belief system can affect our, our physical health because the mind can translate into chemical messengers, can increase the stress response, and can then start to decrease critical nutritional stores. And if your nutrition drops, and you're sufficiently poisoned by an, either an internal internal process or an external causation, you will begin to express symptoms if you're not able to process them properly and internally through the liver. And that is the body correcting the, the imbalance and healing through expression. And people have to start to learn that way. And there is unlearning to do, there's unschooling to do with the whole contagion idea. Now, Don and David uh, have done a recent article on contagion. So they're, I think their newest article is very helpful for that individual who asked that question about contagion. I would, I would read that article. I think it'll help. Where's their website, if you can shoot that up? If it's at the top of your head, if it's not, no big deal. Whatreallymakesyouill.com. Okay. Um, is there anything to the theory about hormonal transmission? Like there's a there's a hormone that you'll emit to people around you that it's time to detox because you have been exposed to something? Correct. So pheromones, one of the first things I hinted at when the scam was rolling out is that we cannot discount the pheromone situation and the hormone uh, signaling that happens between people. And so when obviously we know those women who get their cycles together or start to cycle together, those are a pheromone response. Uh, mating through, through, you know, um, or being attracted to someone is a pheromone-based response. Um, but there's more to it, and it does relate a lot to fertility. It affects our fertility, um, and that's why it's actually dangerous to live in a high-rise building because of the air intake and air circulation above the fifth floor. You will have uh, women and men becoming infertile from the pheromones of the those living. Uh, you know, floor five and down to the ground, all of the rising pheromones from those people circulating through the building. And that's an actual phenomenon. That's a known scientific phenomenon. I, I think it's called the Bruce effect. I'll, I can go look it up again. With all the rich people in the penthouse, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, unless they have their own personal air intake, like unless they, they vent directly outside Right. And they'll be fine. But if they are, our air circulation is internal to the, to the building, then yeah, they'll, they'll have troubles um, uh, with it, with fertility. So we have this knowledge. It's not promoted, of course, because it doesn't serve the agenda. It's there for the thought to, to be found. Uh, and that's why you have to be open-minded you have to be okay with have being wrong, you know, being wrong about something, even for your whole life or a career. And you have to be humble enough and open-minded enough to actually consider maybe there's another explanation for why these phenomenon would happen and why they would happen in a patterned manner or in a group dynamic. Once, um, once people, myself included, make that first leap of that first delusion that you have that you thought you knew everything about and it's just completely shattered and you go I was wrong it's this it just seems to snowball and you're like wow I was wrong about that too I was wrong about that too and instead of it being a you know an ego hit every time it's more of a oh look what I discovered this is so yes. cool this is not what I thought it was 
Yes. At least that's been my experience. And the opposing side too is to, as a lot of things come to light right now, we've all had instincts, usually someone like you, Amanda, and I know Chelsea for sure, Crash for sure, we've had these instincts about something's not right our entire life. And it's really nice to see and be validated that your instinct was right also as you start to learn and understand and the sciences and stuff that you do and so forth. Um, you know, so it's one of, one of my biggest things is I always tell people, follow your gut. You know, God gives you instinct for a reason. Listen to it, you know. And also you can be your own scientist. Science is simply um, putting a, a test, creating a, a test, creating a hypothesis of what you're trying to achieve and then creating some strict parameters on how you can fulfill the test yourself. And so one example is once I realized that a lot of what I was picking up couldn't have been contagion, <laughs> um, I had to obviously learn about energy transfer and uh, what that vibration is and then how to clear it from my body. So I stopped doing it. But also I took it to the next level. I said, well, what about people who come in with colds and are, are um, mucousy? How about I stop believing but I stop believing that I can get anything. And, and I'll test myself by exposing myself to people and touching them and hugging them and being in a closed room with them and not believing that I can get it. And I, that's exactly what I did. And I never, ever, ever got anything that anybody had from, from once I changed my thinking around it. So there's something powerful and in empower, empowering <laughs> when you realize that you have more control right. over accepting getting an illness or, or a, an expression or being triggered into it. Right. That and I think that's... To, um, sorry, that leads no, to a no, question no. that we got. Um, any tips for somebody who has a sinus infection after a cold? So I guess bacterial infection after... Yeah, it's not really an infection at all. Right. What it is... Um, is that, you know, when you're expressing through mucus, you're creating a lot, the body is creating a lot of mucus to grab wastes and to encourage cell turnover. And then it's trying to get out the best route it can. So obviously it's going to be through the, the lung and through the sinuses and often as much through the bowel as possible. Um, and when you're continually draining through the sinuses, uh, and if the waste material coming out is very acidic, um, or it could be acrid, when one could argue, tends to be on the acidic side, that those acids can damage the mucosal tissue, which is the soft layer on the inside of the sinuses. So this uh, acrid situation or acid situation causes inflam inflammation of tissues. And if it lingers, if the, the drainage is not recoverable in a nice way, meaning you weren't taking vitamin C and vitamin D or colloidal silver, anything to like help it express faster or magnesium, then that can linger and cause this chronic sort of irritation to tissues. If you continue to do that to any tissue in the body, you will either create polyps, which is an outpouching of skin, 
or ulcers, which is an erosion of the internal skin, which is the mucosa. And that can have different um, situations. So what happens in the sinus infection is usually a lot of inflammation that did not get under control. And then there's a chronic repair that needs to happen in there. And your own cells will go to work and try to heal that. But yet again, if you're not nutritionally sound, it can linger. And then you can get secondary microbes and yeasts and funguses and so forth also involved um, because the bacteria of your own endemic bacteria, uh, your pleomorphic cells, they make waste products as well. And those waste products also can throw off the pH and the pH can then become more inhabitable to all kinds of other um, microbes that maybe don't live there naturally. That happens a lot in strep throat as well. Um, so what you can do is um, buy a neti pot and do a neti pot cleanse. Um, I usually suggest doing a, a little bit of food grade uh, hydrogen peroxide, about a 0.1% solution to um, help clear out the dead debris first. So the first one is like a lavage of, of that because hydrogen peroxide and also MMS uh, they're oxygenators, so they'll help the bo the body get rid of those cells, those damaged cells, and then um, diluted correctly because I didn't do it yeah. precisely, and I looked like I had rabies, and it was not comfortable. <laughs> so don't do that. Yes, and there's also no rabies. That's a hoax too, by the way. Um, so the washing, but so yes, please just go look up the proper dilutions. It's all online. Do it right. And don't don't just more is better or anything like that, because hydrogen peroxide kills cells, will damage cells. But your goal is to actually encourage the the sloughing off of the dead tissue a little bit faster. So you don't have to your body doesn't have to do so much of that work itself. So you're giving it giving it like a helping hand. And then you can do one with um, colloidal silver and that will take care of any of the microbes that you don't want there right now. Uh, and it will also support the white blood cell systems in there that are working to engulf and eat the wastes. And, and then you can follow that up with a little bit of DMSO. Um, I, I, that's I have a book in my book. I have a recipe on how to do proper dilutions for, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yes, which we, want to, we definitely want to talk about that. First. Yeah, um, yeah. You mentioned magnesium. I do magnesium dermally because it upsets my stomach. Mm -hmm. Do you combine your magnesium with DMSO so that it's more absorbed? And how do you do that? Yeah, so um, I do, I make both kinds. I make just the pure magnesium chloride for topical use, and I make one 50% with DMSO, pure DMSO. And that is a very nice absorption. It will not um, encourage any of the skin itchiness that you can get sometimes just from the magnesium oil. Um, and it will uh, assist in the uptake uh, because DMSO will deliver it quite nicely. Not to say that it doesn't deliver itself, um, but it assists, the DMSO assists the open door to the skin so that the itch isn't really needed. Uh, the itch is the, the, the sensation of the opening of the skin transdermally. Uh, so it's nice for... Um, for people who are sensitive or especially for women who have estrogen receptors on the skin and those estrogen receptors can get uh, irritated by the magnesium oil. So um, 
so either or, or you can alternate its use uh, is, is fine, but just make sure you're getting it. And I actually take a magnesium bisglycinate before bed as well as use it topical because I find it helps with my sleep and it's only 300 milligrams. So it's not going to cause a bowel disturbance usually. Um, and it's just that little bit of extra boost that you can get um, abdominally and um, to help with sleep before bed. I just wanted to add another little quick remedy. If you're really stuck on the, the sinus um, congestion, infection, whatever we're calling this, <laughs> into chronic inflammation, there's a homeopathic remedy called Cali, K-A-L-I, by chromium. And that is the, the, the primary remedy, uh, 30 CH that you can take orally three times a day, five pellets melted under the tongue to, it will completely halt the the process and it'll help you get it under control. So you never ever need to do antibiotics or anything like that for a sinus infection. I had a woman who, when I was open to the public, she was a smoker and a lot of smokers get chronic sinus problems. And uh, so I encouraged her, she didn't want to quit. So I said, at least take a B multi, at least drink one ounce of colloidal silver a day to help your lungs. And I said, and if you do get a sinus infection, don't go on the antibiotic train. I said, take the Cali by chromium and you'll nip it in the bud right away. And that's what she she did while she was working on other things in her life. And she never got a sinus infection again. So can I ask, and for our listeners, because there's so many particulates to using some of this stuff with the protocols like MMS and colloidal silver. I've been a huge fan of colloidal silver for years. There's a lot of parts per million ranging from 10 to 500. Um, when, so when you give a general direction like that, is, are you talking about like 10 parts per million generally? Or yeah, general for internal use is between 10 and 15 parts per million. Um, if you need it externally, then you can go higher if you wish. Um, I think high, higher than that is not really necessary. Um, you don't really, if it's a true colloid, we're talking about, mm -hmm. then you don't you want it in um, its small colloidal suspension. So there's only so much the water will be able to surround the the, the silver, you know, in in a in a colloid before clumping happens. So as soon as you get past 15 parts per million, you can start to get more of the silver clumping on you, and and then it's not so readily absorbable and usable by the body, and it's just going to probably be thrown away by the body anyway. So there's no real point to it internally. So, so why would these manufacturers make a 500 part per million solution for the public? It's interesting because it's dark brown. It's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, maybe they have another mm -hmm. rationale for its use or a specific, you know, um, I can't remember the name of the doctor that uh, he recommended insane levels of, I think it was for parasites or something. And uh, I was like, Personally, I'd just go to different remedies uh, rather than go that high. I don't feel the need for that. Um, it's not in my practice, in my experience, I've never gone, oh, thank God we have 500 parts per million colloidal silver, you know? I mean, I've bought it in the past and made a whole bunch of batches out of it because- Okay, it maybe as a concentrate. Yeah, mm -hmm. or okay. externally on a burn or something yes. like that, but yeah. I can see that as an external remedy. <clears throat> being very useful, but uh, internal, I, I wouldn't go right, past. Right, right, which is that, that was my understanding of colloidal silver is less is more. Um, 
you know, because of the particle sizes and that kind of a thing also. And yeah. absorption, how much you can use in the moment. I mean, you're, you're ingesting it and the body has to get to it, take right. it in and deliver it. And, uh, you know, uh, we're trained, you know, more is better, bigger, better, and this sort of thing. But that's right. not always the way or not even usually the way. So I make I make a colloidal silver. It's it's I've been making it for like ten years. Actually, I think longer. I think when I was in school, I still was making it. So and uh, machine, you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've upscaled my machine. It's really some nice. Um, there's a gentleman who's made it because if you ever make it, um, you have to clean the silver often because it will start to um, ox one will oxidize. And so you have to do that not to make debris, but he's generated one where it'll cleanse itself in the process. So it'll clean wow. as it goes. So you don't need to do it, which is really time saving for me. <laughs> wow, that's great. And it's very high quality silver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, um, we'll get his information and then put it in the, uh, you know, all the resources I'm jotting down. We'll put it in the description for folks for future viewing. Um, one question with the sinus, um, and there's a few. And when I look away, I'm not being rude. I'm just searching our chat for yeah. questions. Keeping but, up. Um, going back earlier, um, the question, your view on the sinus infection, what, what creates the lack of taste and sense of smell with whether it's a bioweapon or what it is that's going around, it seems to be. I learned that one before. today. Sorry. Yeah. Odd from, odd from the flu, what's different from what's happening now than the flu is you get, you'd lose your taste and sense of smell for a few days while you were sick, while you were symptomatic. And here we've got people. That's, two, that's three, a normal four. thing, though. Yeah. Yes, saying. that's normal. That's normal. That's what I'm saying. What What's different about this is that people two, three months later, I saw someone in the chat, They since August, they still haven't regained their smell. So. But like we talked about before, my dad still hasn't regained his sense of smell from 40 years ago when he had a sinus infection or whatever you want to call it. It's a damage. It's actually a common symptom. And just like the remarketing of a regular disease that's happened, like a regular expression that's happened now, now everyone's talking about it as if it's a new thing. And it's that's like when you buy a white car and you're like, I never see white cars, I'm going to get a white car. And then all you see is white cars. Right. Right. That's called the reticular activating system. You can go look that up. We have what's called the RAS, the reticular activating system. And it's a survival, actually a survival mechanism. And it's it's very active more so in parents because when you have a child, you have to pay attention to if they're crying or in need. And so you're that goes that activation is a little bit heightened so that say you were in a crowded room and there are all these people talking well you're not going to hear everybody's conversation at once right you're going to hear certain pieces of the conversation that your reticular activating system is tuned to pick up on maybe it's a tone of voice you're familiar with or a pitch but then if you hear your child cry in that room you will you're mind will go right to it you will hear it and so it's it's something that it tunes you to what you think you need to see for your own benefit for your own survival and so if something is in the forefront of your mind so someone says i see a white car or white cars now all of a sudden you see white cars everywhere you've just trained your ras to look for white cars <laughs> um, so we have elegant systems inside so we can filter and sift all of this 
world that comes at us at quite a pace so that we can actually select what we want to hear. And I think some somehow people's RASs are really selective now where they won't hear anything but the television. Wow, I agree. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really quite disturbing, honestly. It is, and and but you can tell that they're programmable, and that we know hypnosis is real, and and that there's a method for doing it, and that they've had, um, they've had all kinds of science, um, like you can go look up patents on nervous system rewiring through the television. You go look them up; they exist, and, and even like the background lights and the flickering and the subliminal messages, and yeah. oh, that's old. That's old tech. You know what's now now this, this loss of taste and smell is is common it happens when you are constantly mucousy and damaging your mucosal tissues and that tissue has to come back and if you don't give it the nutrition to regrow then you'll have long-standing uh loss of taste and smell so you take zinc to assist take magnesium to assist and um, probably fasting would be a good idea for a while um, making sure you have pure water uh, maybe some juicing would be a good idea um, just to beef up your vitamin C levels and that will return when, when the tissue recovers. Can you speak for a moment? Cause I don't know how familiar, um, our viewers are about DMSO, but can you speak for a moment about making sure that your environment and what you're using on your body and around you and handling is not toxic while you're using that product? Um, people usually when they begin to use it, um, of course, they're fearful because it's new. And also the, they're told by especially the um, the handlers of, of the you know what products that don't want you to know about these other things. Um, they'll they'll start off first with it's dangerous or you can hurt yourself or whatever. Um and so the main thing is to, I have a really specific dilutions chart in the book. I really recommend just understand proper dilution. And if you understand, that's why I wrote it the way I did, so that you understand that once you figure out why it's working and how it's working, the fears go away because you know that if you have the proper dilution, you can't burn yourself and hurt yourself, even, even though you, if you use it neat, pure, even if you burn yourself a little bit or you have redness or you have hives, they will go away. And, and actually the skin is usually better off in the long run, even from that. So, right. so those fears go away. Uh, but the toxin carry is only small molecules. It, it only, it's like we have a limit how much we can carry. It has a limit how much it can carry. And you don't have to go and scrub your skin down before you use it. You just need to wash your hands with basic soap and water. You know, you just have to think a second, was I playing with, you know, oil from my car? Was I touching rust? Um, right. Those are the, and don't mix it with something obviously toxic um, and you'll be fine. And even if, even if say you, you're something questionable in your shampoo or your skin lotion, wash off most of it, a little gets in, the DMSO will bind with it and it will leave the system anyway. You just will lose some of the value of the DMSO. The only other thing to be concerned with is you don't apply it to a fresh wound that's bleeding. Uh, you may wait till the clotting mechanism has come into play uh, because it increases blood flow and opens up the, the blood to flow. So that's a contraindication, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you must be careful when you're on all of these poisons called, you know, the words we can't say from the our friends at, you know, the big companies that make poisons for people. Um, so they, you have to be careful because you're going to upregulate your medications, right? So you're going to utilize more of the medication. So, um, but you can mix it with um, like hyaluronic acid. Absolutely. You could, that's actually, actually, it's interesting you say that because I'm trying to make a hyaluronic acid DMSO combination right now. I'm going back to the, the chemistry lab and starting to do mixtures again to see what's good combos. And that's a really nice combo that I may make into a serum, a DMSO hyaluronic acid vitamin C serum. So we'll see how it goes. So that's fine. Um, it's just things that are um, paraben-based, um, certain fragrances, and they just want to be cautious about. And what's already inside of you, um, and as well, amalgams, people ask a lot about amalgams. Just don't put it directly upon the amalgam. Uh, you can use it on teeth and gums and so forth, properly diluted and applied to the area, but don't just don't put it, just avoid direction, you know, on there. And then there's certain plastics. I did a video about plastics and DMSO on my yummy.doctor website. So you can review that. And it's just the softer foams, plastics and rubber um, that it will dissolve, DMSO will dissolve those materials. And you just want to, to not, you know, put on gloves, <laughs> plastic gloves, and then start to use DMSO. Right. So, so what about people that spray it on their feet and then throw their socks and shoes on? I mean, you've got all kinds of plastics and foams on the insides of your shoes. So you're supposed to wait between 20 and 30 minutes after application before really putting on clothes or putting on anything over top. You should let the, the, the transdermal process complete okay. first. Um, and that's, you know, or, or rub it in as much as you can say you're in a rush, rub it in as much as you can, and then just take a cloth and wipe the rest off, get dressed and go. Yeah. So if it's dry, you're safe. Uh, if it's dry and you know that the, the tingling or whatever the sensation is, is complete. It's, it's, it's different for different people. So that's why it's, you know, it could be anywhere between, you know, an, a range of time, depending on you. Um, but as long as you've never put it on with fresh clothes like you always wash your clothes before you put them on because they have coatings and dust and stuff right you never ever like say oh i'm gonna I grab a pair of socks out of the bag <laughs> and right. put it on with my fresh dmso right. you're not gonna you're not gonna keel over or anything it's just you don't why would you add an extra burden to right you're, you're reloading toxins you're trying to get rid of yeah but at the same time what's interesting is the the dmso seems to support the removal of toxins so you really just won't get the benefit that you're really after. You, you'll okay. probably just negate the benefits because the body will now be working on the thing you just <laughs> poison it with. You know? Right, right. Okay, great. Um, before we wrap up, we need to address the elephant in the room, which is, are you finding anything that's helping the people that got the thing? Yeah, I saw a question there about agenda and so forth, and uh, they need the constant poisoning, um, washing through people. They need the constant, it'll be three-month boosters. And I said that last year. I said, I know they are planning every three months you'll need a booster because they need to keep the, um, the radiation levels, the pinging off the towers that they're trying to do, which is the goal of the whole shot. 
um, their 5G, you know, whatever. Right. Um, they need the internet of things to happen. So you need to be pinging back and forth to the, to the system. And as Dr. Stefan Lanka um, just came out with a um, talking about genetics, they can't really permanently rewrite your code. They can maybe temporarily do it. They can try to do it, but the body will always revert back and reset itself and, and get rid of the foreign matter because the body's brilliant and intelligent. And they can just only flood the body with so much of this graphene crap. The body recognize they're trying to do it so the body doesn't recognize it as a poison. So it allows it to stay, to be there so that it, lingers for their usages and that's why do you remember do you remember that show that movie um can't remember the title where they had to stop and inject themselves all you know every 24 hours they had to everyone stopped and injected themselves mm -hmm. that this predictive programming that's where they're heading with this just to keep inside now it was something for them to suppress their emotions and so forth uh, same idea. I think it da damages people's something. They're dull people. The ones that have the jab, they're not the same. Something's off about it, about them. Um, who knows their long-term goal? Because they're really crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't think like them. So mm -hmm. we have to try to like put ourselves in their shoes and think like that. And I personally don't ever want to no. think like them. Um, so it's all, you know, it's all extrapolation of agenda 21 and what we know they kind of want to do um but it can't stay so they have to they'll have to always do boosters and i did do a video called how to detox from the thing so you can watch that and i talk about some basics to do that and then on my blog portion um there's an article called nac is the ticket and nac and acetylcysteine anything that's a glutathione support so msm sulfur dmso coffee enemas uh you can do just a glutathione supplement as well. That will assist the liver, you know, in in uh, hand in hand with magnesium, to remove this particle from the body as much as, yeah. as possible. And borax tends to denature it. And I do have a couple articles about borax. Well, that was a great video. I want to recommend that to everyone. I watched that video this morning. Actually, a lot of information on detoxing and the liver function, which is so important, um, which Amanda brings to light repetitively because it's that important yes so definitely recommend going and watching um you know search it's on it's on youtube you can probably find it under your name but yeah i agree um and it's on your website right mm -hmm. that's right oops i didn't mean to click that one sorry it was it was this question um so I, i'm popping up successes that people have had by by getting your book and using your protocols so this is uh they, up earlier in the chat, I, I showed one that had your eye drops, and this is a question for you. Oh yes, um, yes, and I'm I'm actually inventing a few other eye drops as well. Um, but really, the DMSO and with or without vitamin C, those are the most important, or the vitamin C delivery for cataracts, because cataracts are vitamin C deficiency in the eye. Um, so you do want to use that for healing cataracts. I have lots of testimonials that DMSO 40% with vitamin C healed their cataracts completely. So great. Um, yeah. So and, 
and and they're supporting the liver too because it's not an eye issue it's actually a liver issue so so you can treat the organ that's affected which you must but you also need to remember that the root cause organ has to also be treated and supported for correction for proper completion of the disease process um and once you've done that those two organs sufficiently then you won't, won't have that issue um and uh, I, I would say the, I did a video recently on urine therapy, and I, I might even write a book on auto urine therapy um, because it also can heal the eye quite, uh, quite nicely because of the stem cells that we make overnight when we're sleeping. And our first morning urine, we can capture that, and that contains uh, quite an amount of nutrients. It's a distillate, and it's a snapshot of our metabolic situation. Um, so you're giving like a feedback loop into your body that assists in communication and hormone balancing, which- that's a, that's a hard paradigm shift for many. Yeah, it, it is It is until it's not, you know, right. it's um, to me, it's it's like perfectly normal now. And I understand when I first started, I was the same way. And it's just like, if you know how we naturally respond to new information, like if you know that the first thing is to ridicule, like our first step, isn't it, isn't it uh, Schopenhauer said something like uh, the first step in truth, like coming to truth is like first it's ridiculed and then it's like totally thrown out or whatever. And then it's accepted as being self-evident, you know, that kind of process. Right. So it's, it's the same thing at first. It's, yeah. oh, oh my God. And you make jokes and whatever. Same thing with coffee enemas. I mean, the exact same thing. I'd get the jokes. Oh, should I put cream Those and sugar in that? Me. Yeah. I did Gerson therapy for cervical cancer. Here we go. Right. So it's laughable. It's laughable or it's shocking because it's just not normal or to you because you, it's new. And so that's fine. So if you know that about yourself and you go, oh, oh, I see. Like, I'm just I'm laughing at it because I'm I'm it's new information to me or it's different than what I heard. Well, before. it's what we've been taught, because when you excrete, you're getting rid of toxins, right? That's what we've been taught. Your body is, is getting, you know, I remember the first time I saw, I don't know show some documentary, but it's very big in India. Yes. Um, and it was, it might've been a show called, um, anyway, this guy traveled around the world, you know, trying to bring happiness to people, the kindness diaries, I think it was called. Nice. And he went to India and he had always find someone that would let him stay with them for free. He didn't want to pay, you know, nothing could be with money because people would offer to give him money. He's like, I want to see what kindness comes out of people, right? And they, pr protocol in the mornings in this household was that they drank their urine. And he couldn't, he's from England, he could not wrap his head around it. He was like gagging, you know. And then that was the first time I had ever seen or was introduced to that. And I had researched it because, you know, the, the Ayurvedics in India are pretty amazing often and um, found that it was really and truly a real thing. So, but it is a hard paradigm shift for those that have been trained otherwise, you know, doesn't make oh, sense. Yeah. So. Well, well, when, if you think it's waste, then that's, right. you don't understand, but it's not waste. So that's the error. The first error is you think it's waste, but it's actually not, it's right. not at all. It's just excess. Right, because right. your body has to continually filter the the um, hormones and the all the materials, all the liquids, all the fluids have to be. There's a fine balance, and so say you take a lot of vitamin C, it's and it's in your system. The body can only utilize so much of that at any given moment, and it will decide 
through the filtration, through the glomular filtration, how much is staying and how much we're just not, we we don't want right now. And that'll depend on all sorts of factors. That's why people have different bowel tolerances to vitamin C. And what happens is once the the hormones uh, through the the adrenals that sit on the, the kidneys make all those decisions, the waste will go into the bowels and the the true waste goes out through the stool. Um, and if it's gaseous waste, it could go out either end <laughs> uh, or the skin as well is used to push out wastes. It's the, the skin is actually more of a waste eliminator than your kidneys are. Right, which the dry brushing is so helpful for. Yes, making sure the pore, I have a Gua Sha vodka skin healing solution powder mixture that is very powerful for that, for making sure the skin is breathing correctly. That's from Dr. Robert Kassar's work when I delved back in his stuff 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the so the kidneys are actually a snapshot of your current situation of health. And that's why we look at it in medicine to see, you know, what's going on right now as a snapshot of your body. Right. Um, and there are times when you don't ingest it. If you're doing a push detox, like a heavy metal push release, or you're on medications that we know release through the kidneys, you must be careful in in any sort of ingestion of it, because you're going to recirculate your medications, or you may absorb some of the metals that come out. So you, there's only certain times and, and ways. So there's a, cor- like anything, there's a correct way to do it. Right. Um, but I've been aging my own urine, my first morning urine, so that I can make a stem cell elixir for myself. And, and, you know, where a lot of people, vanity, if you appeal to vanity, that can be often the way to go to get people to try new things. So it's very youth supporting in when you use it. You can wash the skin with it. It gets rid of gray hair. Ingesting it, my mother-in-law-to-be, she was gray and she started ingesting her urine and she's not gray anymore. Um, It corrected it. Wow. so for youth and women do a lot worse things than that for their hair color so (laughs) very true very true so it's something just again be open-minded you know go through your jokes or whatever you got to do because i made all kinds of urine jokes i mean there's lots to be had (laughs) yeah yeah. go for it you know (laughs) but then realize it's it can save your life and and that people who are on their deathbed even if they can't make urine they're dying if someone gives them their urine, either through an IV, which is, by the way, what plasma is at the hospital, you go to the hospital, that's, that's pee, that's filtered pee, mm-hmm. that's plasma, that's mo- the majority of what's in the pee. Um, and it supports your blood, it stabilizes the blood. And But they could they could be gifted urine if they are not producing urine, they will start to produce urine and then you give them the, you, what's called looping, where you, you ingest the entire day's urine continually and these people are healing from like deathbed and stage four cancers wow doing that wow so you can laugh but then (laughs) right you know what i'm saying right right like like the fecal implants right how many people have those helped um yeah it's it's a very strange thought but you know taking someone else's antibodies i mean all of that blood transfusions it's you know, some people have a hard time with it and some don't. So it really depends on what level you're at in life and what you're willing to research and look at to heal. And it's quite clear, especially in America, that the traditional medicine doesn't heal or help us at all because we're probably one of the sickest nations. 
and not, you know, laying in the street sick, but overall health is just. Oh yeah. We're degraded. We're degraded as a, as a, as a people. Through everything. And if there's new people watching that are not at the level, or you're just starting your health journey with natural health, just know that pretty much everything is toxic and do your very best to invest money in yourself, buy organic foods, buy healthy products. I mean, Amanda has an amazing website full of products that she creates herself with healthy non-GMO stuff. And, you know, trust us when we say all, all of us, I know how long I've been doing it. I heard Amanda talk about how long she's been doing it. I know how long Crash has been doing it. We've been studying this pretty much our lifetimes. And it's very, very true. Um, spend money on yourself. Then you don't have to spend it on the doctors and the hospitals buy the more expensive food buy the more expensive products treat yourself you work hard in life take care of yourself through using wholesome healthy products and and that's my one suggestion to anybody that's just starting to get into this because when you get to where amanda's teaching you what to do it's because you have a viral toxic overload from all of that stuff that you've been exposed to your entire life rubbing on your skin not knowing and willfully yes. so there's my two cents. There's my little rant. <laughs> um, and just someone asked about Canada. So what's happened is um, Health Canada and um, their cronies, which are part of the cartel, they attacked me uh, about uh, when I got more known for when I was speaking out against this uh, hoax. And um, they attacked me anywhere they could find vulnerability um, to me. So one of the ways they did was they stole my .com. So that's why I'm, I'm yumnaturals.store, even though we sort of have the .com back a little bit. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, because Health Canada just, we woke up one day and they stole our domain out from under us. Um, so they really care about your health and they're really loving uh, when they want to destroy your small business. Um, because they didn't like my the products I was making with the MSO because they want everything controlled under their, uh, you know, NPN numbering system so they can tell me what to do and they can direct us. And because they know so much about health and safety, they just love us to bits to make sure we get all our shots. Mm -hmm. So um, they're the enemy. So I want nothing to do with them. So it came down to me going private. So in Canada, I am a private um, PMA a membership association. So we have to say on our website that we are not selling to Canada because we're not doing commerce in Canada. Okay. There's no commerce. There's no public commerce, but we are supporting Canadians through the private membership association. So they just have to send out an email to uh, support at yumnaturals.net and request if they're Canadian membership, and uh, my assistants will as help you through it. And then you can get gain access privately to my custom uh, compounded products that way. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yep. Um, and do you uh, ship globally also? We do have someone here from Australia, but anyone else that might be watching? I ship everywhere across the world, but the issue is uh, there are some crazy countries. <laughs> <laughs> and they are uh, their customs can become erratic and we can't guarantee so so it's a little bit of that individual's risk whether they want to to go for it um ireland and australia seem to be the most troubling 
uh, countries. We cannot ship to Sweden. They will not allow us in. Uh, and we cannot ship to um, another uh, Spain as well. Spain went kind of crazy. So um, so we had to take those off the website as options. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ireland has changed their customs electronic procedure. Uh, they want to know, like, you know, that you got up in the morning and you brushed your teeth and you went to the toilet before you made the product and what mindset you're in before, you know, they want like every piece of detail of how this product is, it, it exists and it's unrealistic. Wow. So we ship internationally non-commerce. We shipped as a gift. So we we're doing it by hand, actually. All international packages have to be done by hand, not through our system. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're getting somewhere with it. There'll be the occasional kickback here and there from Australia and Ireland. Australia's gotten better, a little bit better lately, except for now um, they'll shut down a region. So they'll think, oh, the virus is in North South Wales or something. And now they won't even deliver. They'll shut all delivery up and those packages will come back and it's random. So we, we won't know. But we do, you can try it in, 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 um, I think about 85% of the packages get through and, there, and then there's the odd amount that get returned to us and we'll offer at that point, do you want a refund? Do you want to try again? You know, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so it's yum, yummy store. Yum. It's yum, yum naturals. Dot store. Yeah. I had it written down, but I left my paper downstairs and we started the broadcast. So, <laughs> you know, we're just authentic. Um, so your, your number, so everyone seems to have, um, you know, what they feel like you should be taking the commonalities or vitamin C and zinc and so forth, but your go-to either preventative or health supporting elixir, um, what would you recommend to everyone? You know, Zelenko has a protocol. Everybody has a protocol. Um, we want to know what yours is. You know, we know, you know, based on what you said, um, magnesium for the sinuses and vitamin C is probably top of the list for everything. But what what's your go-to to share with the viewers? If they um, want nothing else, what should they do? Well, magnesium is not just for sinuses. It's for everything. So... If you only had to, if you only had enough money or resources to buy one thing, you better have magnesium. That's that's your first thing, um, because there's seven roots of elimination in the liver, and magnesium is rate limiting for all of them. Which means if you don't have enough magnesium, then your liver is not eliminating properly. Um, I would say that and an enema bag. <laughs> um, for the coffee. Have. For the coffee. Coffee, water, chamomile tea, calendula, red raspberry leaf, vitamin E, castor oil, garlic. Um, there's so many different enemas that you can use to heal your body. Um, so you can learn about that. And it's very affordable to, to use an enema system like that. And then the urine therapy, read about it. I'll give you a link that has every book ever written on urine therapy, every resource that's out there. It's a compilation. And, it, and it, you can learn about it. And then you always have that. And then have a bottle, just one bottle of pure DMSO, like a 250 mil or a 500 mil bottle of DMSO. We sell it on the website. Just have it. And then if you break a, if you break a bone, you get that on there immediately. 
Yeah. You know? If you have any sort of pain, wound, issue, whatever, you use it immediately. I have a burn. I'm going to show you. A couple days ago, I burnt myself uh, badly. It's actually, it doesn't look yeah, like it good. On my wood stove, I just singed it and it was like at its at its peak temperature and my flesh singed like down to uh, probably second degree at least. And I was fascinated by it because I could see right into my body almost. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, that's really cool, man. <laughs> Scientists are weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, look what I did, you know. And my, my fiance is like, oh my God, why aren't you more careful? Why don't you wear the gloves? I'm like, oh, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so once it um once it stopped sort of like I let I just put a little bit of cool on it at first, and then I put um I make a DMSO gel um, and I, and it's all I had with me at the house other than the pure stuff. So I just used my gel, which was only a 30% gel and I applied it about three times and it just scabbed over like that almost immediately. Wow. So amazing. No pain. <clears throat> pain was gone. So just like that. So, so learn how to use it, how to dilute it because you can serve so many different you know, ailments. It's mm -hmm. nice to have one thing that can do so many things for right. you. Right. Yeah. You're like colloidal silver was that for me for many, yeah. many years. Um, and I'd seen the DMSO. DMSO has been around a very long time, folks, very long time. So when I probably 40 something years ago, when I was just starting, you know, this research of mine, I'd see it in the stores. What is that? What is that? And I think I bought it once and I put it on a bruise and a, or something and it didn't make like no great expectations for me. And then someone scared me away from it. And don't listen to that stuff either because it's a solvent and people will tell you, Ooh, don't touch it. Yeah. So they'll scare you. You can ingest it. Um, don't listen to the propaganda, but it's amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm learning more about it also. So I'm excited to get your book. It's on order. Crash has gotten it. I don't know what happened to her. We lost her. She mm -hmm. Well, you know, the thing is alcohol is a solvent too. <laughs> right. So these are drink, liver, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll drink a glass of wine while they tell you your DMSO is dangerous while they're drinking an actual solvent and tell you the DMSO is a solvent. You shouldn't drink it. You know, I mean, right, right. What do we make tinctures with? Yeah. Alcohol. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, castor oil. Nice. Yeah. Castor oil packs are also cheap enough to do and very helpful for liver support or any organ system that needs to be uh, cleansed. Yeah. Um, how do you prevent DMSO from being itchy on the skin? Well, everyone's a little bit different. And also there's different kinds of skin types too. And so find your proper dilution that you like the most. That's the play around with your dilutions and find, find what you like. So it's not as, as itchy for you or, or uncomfortable for you. Or start, ironically, mixing it with the magnesium. <laughs> There's no itch. Or mix it with um, something else, like an oil. It's also oil emissible. Mm -hmm. um, find another thing that works with it, like aloe. That's yeah. why aloe and DMSO are such good buddies, because the, the DMSO heats up the tissue to travel through it and the aloe soothes behind it and and calms it down right right away 
Yeah, I use the aloe. I love it, and it's just moisturizing. Like you know, if you rub it, because I'll I'll spray the MSM on my face and the MSO, and then just rub it all in. Like when I come out of the shower or something. Yeah. And the aloe is just so nice because that MSM is a little dehydrating. Yeah. And then the aloe and the DMSO kind of re-moisturize, but. And also, don't put don't put the DMSO on your skin when you just get out of the shower. Wait till your skin cools down a little. Okay. And it'll cut down on the itchiness of, of it. So I'm not sure when this person, how they're applying it. Um, but I, I don't, unless you're a trooper, I don't recommend <laughs> doing it right after a hot, you know, you're all hot and everything's open and then you do it. Um, you, you can, it's not, it's not bad, but if you're sensitive, then you may not want to apply it like that. Um, Crash says she's in the chat working on, on getting back. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you are uh, a favorite in the uh, chat that I mentioned before the um, the uh, universal antidote, and apparently the DMSO works well with MSM. Can you talk about that? And when you need to go, just say I gotta go because we could talk. I've had guests on for over two hours, so um, we're we're an open chat unless someone comes and says, you know what, I, I only have an hour, so. Give yeah, we can, we can do another, you know, five, five, 10 minutes sort of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, the M so MSM is derived from DMSO. It's created from it. So um, they're, they're good buddies, they're good partners. And I, I will do like, well, not, uh, not MSM, I'm sorry, MMS. Oh, MMS. Oh, yeah. MMS. For wounds and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, and that's actually how a lot of people find out about DMSO is from the MMS community. Yeah, because um, they know about it and they they utilize it. So when the when you've activated the MMS, you can add a few drops of DMSO into it, and it assists the once you are ingesting it, it assists the absorption through the through the membranes of your MMS. You get more delivery, uh, more absorption and potential delivery of the MMS. So you don't waste as much through just the gut. Mm -hmm. So that's why they, they do that because DMSO will is transdermal, meaning it opens the gates, it opens the door to those substances and is, and the same goes internally with the, uh, the MMS or the chlorine dioxide solution. So, uh, and you can make a, if you make a wound spray, I have a video on how to make a, an MMS wound spray with DMSO. And uh, you can do that. You just have to remake it, you know, every day, like every 24 hours or a couple of days because the wound spray. Yeah. It's a wound spray that um, I developed for a, um, a woman who was wheelchair bound and she developed like a cellulitis from it. And I was trying to create something so she could get relief from the cellulitis, despite the the family being very, um, you know, trained to the conventional system. So <laughs> there were some challenges in getting through to them. And she was not able to speak this, this girl. So we were, I was really trying to give them something practical. So I invented that little spray and I did a video on how I made it. Um, but it should be, it, it won't, it'll degrade, the MMS will degrade over time. So you have to make it fresh. Uh, you know, usually I say after 48 hours or so, you may want to make it again. So don't make a huge batch when you're doing it. 
Um, but yes, it enhances the absorption and delivery of the MMS. That's why they're buddies. That's great. Okay. Yeah, because it's um, <clears throat> it's talked about a lot. Your book is brought up a lot also. So, um, you know, I, I, I haven't gone down the rabbit hole yet. So, um, you know, might as well get it from the first-hand lady <laughs> rather than asking everyone else. So, yeah. yeah, it's pretty amazing. Both of those substances are pretty amazing, the testimonials and so forth. Um, well, the MMS, think of it as an electron donor. And so it's going to enhance cellular communication inside the body. So that's why it'll do so many different things. It'll increase that that cellular response, so the healing mechanism can get going like quick quicker. <laughs> so I see it like an accelerant to healing. Yeah. So that's why it can heal so many different things. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, i would never seen. I do remember, like the author, when I first listened to his documentary, um, I'd seen it like two years ago, maybe. And they, the mainstream, you know what, has done such a good job of smearing it and slandering it. It scared the living daylights out of me. And mm -hmm. I didn't go back to it. And somewhere along the line, it popped up again. Um, I think it was on someone's podcast. And then I listened and started diving down the hole. Obviously, so much is coming to light now about corruption. So I thought, well, it only makes sense they smeared it. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, look what they did to colloidal silver. You're going to turn gray. One guy makes it in his barn and drinks eight ounces a day of like 500 parts per million and turns himself blue. I don't even think that was real. I think they, they painted him or they did something to him, made it here, do this, buddy, turn yourself gray, swallow this weird crap. We're going to give you right. go on national television, million bucks. Right. You win? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause they have, they have billions to make. Exactly. People, people, everyone has a price. They say, right. Especially someone down and out or doesn't have morals, moral compass. Yeah. Do whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's another question about cannabis. I can't remember the doctor's name. I'll have to think about it. Um, there was a um, a study done where this, this doctor did MRI scans of the brains of cannabis users. Um, and what he warned was that when cannabis is abused in youth, it actually will uh, make holes in uh, the brain in the, I think it was the gray matter. So, and it's permanent in children, mm -hmm. but in adults, it's reversible. So it will do the same damage if it's abused. I mean, like we're talking daily <laughs> wake and bake <Yeah>. second, <laughs> you know, after lunch and before bed, you know, it's all, it's chronic. So the body can't recover anything you do constant like that. And the body can't recover will damage it. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it you can't keep assaulting it without it having a breaking point at some point right so um it's it is powerful it can heal things it can help people it's medicine but like all medicine there's a dose there's a usage proper usage uh and there's an overdose so in the overdosing yes there was evidence showing brain damage um, and it does something to the suppression, uh, emotional suppression. So I think a lot of people use it when their emotions are erratic and they can't cope with the emotion. So they use it, they feel better, but they've never addressed, they don't do it spiritually. So 
I would suggest people who have emotional challenge, a challenge that comes up and they feel the need to use cannabis to then use it honorably and then go into meditation and internal work and study yourself when you're in that space. So you actually heal from whatever the emotion was. So when you come out the next day, which by the way, it does affect the liver. And if you feel a little bit anger burst or something come up, know you agitated your liver a little bit because anger is like liver is the seat of the motion of anger and just try not to do it the next day or the next day like try to just take a break get your magnesium in you you did good work you know you smoked it and you did good work and you did your internal work and you got reflective and you got spiritual and you figured stuff out what you needed but don't keep 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 because now it's a crutch and now it's actually an addiction and you're never dealing with what you're yourself which is you're trying to improve yourself not degrade yourself right right you know what i mean yeah that's that's uh people like people need so many people need to stay away and to stay numb and then to stay in that place of you know altered state i guess you can say to because the emotions can't handle the reality which is well, it's it's a really strange reality let's be honest right now it certainly is um, I wonder if that um, ties into why so many people are so gravitated towards this um, existence instead of living with the the narrative of the whole thing of stop living your life, just exist, and then you are the good one. And there's no like desire to break out of that. I don't know. It just seems like it has to tie in somewhere, that whole psychology behind with yeah when you're when you're still operating from the subconscious mm -hmm. you haven't done the work to illuminate your mind meaning you've done the subconscious work you've brought it into the forward the frontal mm -hmm. so that's that's the proverbial awakening or illumination um where you chewed on the unconscious cud <laughs> and you pour the waters of consciousness on all your reactions and you are self-aware where you've developed the second attention. So you're watching yourself, you're watching your own ego and you're checking yourself, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? <laughs> and then you're, when you see something, you've changed your internal voice to a loving one, not a judge. So that you're like, oh, Amanda seems triggered by um, this or she's upset by that or she's really not happy today or whatever, you know, whatever it is, then you can rationalize and go, Oh, you know what? It's ovulation day. You should go take a bath. Did you take your magnesium today? So you're checking in with yourself constantly and making corrections rather than the unconscious, which is a lot of these people, they just let their cues and their emotions drive them. Mm -hmm. And their subconscious programming is the in the driver's seat. So they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing half the time because they're not conscious. They're allowing subconscious programming to take over their ego. And that's all that's in the driver's seat. So they're not really there. You know, it's when you take self-responsibility for your thoughts and actions and deeds and you're working on yourself in a spiritual capacity, meaning you understand there's more to this world than what we see, that you're connected to God. You have a relationship with the creator. And you want you you have a coda of yourself of of how you're presenting yourself with this world. What's your goal here? Why are you here? 
What's your purpose in life? What are you here to achieve? Are you here to just eat Doritos and die? Or are you here to actually <laughs> assist the world in some way, you know, and, 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 pr and promote, you know, love and, and, and assistance or like what, you know, you have to get real with yourself and understand. And you know what, your, your existence might be to just be present so that you could be there for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. It could be as simple as that. It right. could be just so you could walk across the street that day and pick that flower or, you know, or help that animal or, you know, right. it could be the littlest of things. It doesn't right. have to be grandiose. Yeah. But it, it, you have to know what it is for yourself. You know? Right. But a lot of people are completely disconnected. And sometimes I say those people are just portals maybe for their children. They were just the portal to bring their kids in. And the kids are going to make the difference or do what, but everyone has some type of a, of a reason, just like you said, even if it's to pick a flower and that brightens somebody's day or whatever. Um, but there, there is a question I do want to ask you because I, I actually spoke to this young lady. She, uh, she's a frontline worker who stood up um, and would help support and stop pre- uh, intubation and stuff in the hospital. Um, but she, she has a question here for you because she's, she's actually serving affidavits and got fired and the whole nine yards. She's standing up big time, but her question to you is because she said she now wants to be a national, a natural practitioner. Um, so this is the first half. And then tell me when you're done reading that and I'll pop up the second one. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. And um, there's another group doing it, and I can't remember the name of them. I'll see if I can find the This is going to happen. This is already happening, where groups are pulling together and retraining and having new mobility clinics or um, other um, designations and, and uh, service offerings for individuals. And this is changing our whole... It's, it's terraforming <laughs> the entire industry because clearly the cult doesn't want us. And guess what? We don't really want them either. So we're fine. But now we need our services. We need to know what to do in certain situations. And we need our supports because this is how life is. We need each other. And, and so if you have that training and you're being edged out, then, um, like for one, I'm going to create in the new year. I have focus on creating. First of all, I have to do the protocols. Once I get the protocols set, then I'm going to start the courses and training. And, and so it will be reframing medicine that through that lens. So they understand uh, holistic approaches, even to emergency medicine, um, uh, first aid, that sort of thing. Oh, great. And then they can get certified. They can get they can get the training in that. So it'll be, it'll be happening. And I won't be the, I'm sure I won't be the only one. I, I talked with my friend, um, Dr. Andy Kaufman the other day, and we're, he's, we're talking about that as well. And he's doing another a similar thing. And so what I'm saying is there'll be many opportunities because there's, it can't just be from one individual. It's, it's just too many, which is awesome, which is great. Yeah. That yeah. Means there's, a, there's a lot of nurses that co contact me. I hired some nurses. There's more coming. I can't even keep up with the communications where I'm at. Um, so that means there'll be more. God always provides. So God always opens. There'll be more people with the training, and you know I'll be there and I'll make sure that that 
whatever comes through me for, you know, is, is presented and is accessible for people. And I'll probably, maybe I'll um, train other trainers. So then that, that can happen too. So then the nurses can do either decide they want to do first aid response in home, right? Like do it that way. Uh, or if they want to have their own clinical practices on their own private, right? private. So you don't need the license. <laughs> no. What, no. um, how is the new community of the medical thing? How is that going to work around the whole practicing medicine without a license as they're taking? Well, you're not practicing medicine. <laughs> you're not practicing anything. You're making agreement between a private agreement with, between the parties. It's a contract between the parties. Yeah, everything but, is private. I, I, I have only used doctors like that. So I'm just trying to throw that out there because I know there's a lot of, you know. Yeah, so if someone's a nurse right. The wrong way and then they end up. Oh, yeah, don't, don't ask permission <laughs> for one. None of their business. They're corrupt, evil, nasty pieces of crap. And we don't want anything to do with them. They're right. psychopaths. Yeah. So what you do as a responsible adult is you have a contract between the parties for any agreements. And you agree that if something goes awry, then you're both taking self-responsibility for the situation. And you don't need a third party to intervene and make a correction on your behalf. We don't need mommy and daddy because we're adults. So you needed it. The, originally, we needed industry as overseers to make sure everything was done ethically and morally. Well, ethics and moral are, morals are gone. Okay. So we have to be the ones that have the ethics and morals. And so you, that's presented in your statements when you make the agreement at the beginning. And it all better be in writing and it all better be signed by both parties. And you do proper contracts. And then you say, okay, here's how I'm serving you in this contract. And here's how it's going to go. I've been doing that for 10 years with my clients where they sign um, proper disclosure. I give them full disclosure, everything that's happened to me, everything that I do and don't do. And, and I basically say, if something goes awry, it can happen. It, in any situation, something can happen, right? right. You react to something, right. you know? And so we'll deal with it as we deal with it. And, and so you ha just have to have, and eventually we will have our own insurance companies, our own, um, you know, non-judgmental uh, agreements, <laughs> protections, communications, whatever, we'll have our own systems that are non-corruptible um, to, in case there is an issue, in case something happens. And like, what if you get a needle stick injury or what if you have an acupuncture and the needle breaks and you have to go to the hospital or well, who's going to do those surgeries that's involved with us that we're not going to go and get all crazy with, go get CAS to go take your kids away because you do acupuncture on somebody or some crazy crap, you know? Yeah. So we, there's a lot to do, obviously, mm -hmm. but for now, study, study contract law and private contracts and um, decide what services as a consultant could you offer now? So say you've lost your job and you don't know what to do right now and you don't want to work at Tim Hortons that can't seem to get enough staff, <laughs> um, then you can remake yourself and decide and, and um so go on there's a facebook group called ontario businesses against the v pass and post your business and say here's what i'm offering i'm offering you know an in-home you know foot care i was a foot care nurse or you know something that's not um too invasive 
because that's where you can get into trouble. Um, either consultant, home care, whatever. See where where you can reinvent yourself as an entrepreneur because that's the only thing at this point that a lot of people are being challenged with their jobs. So if you can reinvent yourself and give that need, and there's a lot of people that need that. And there's yeah. a lot of people that would pay for that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that don't want to go to hospitals and doctors, but there's nothing there. So yeah, Crash has been saying that for a long time, start your own clinics. And a lot of people that are trained mentally because they feel hung up by the fact that they've lost their license. I would go to, you know, anybody that would help me outside that horrible, you know, industry, license or no license, because, yeah. you know, it's only that industry that cr creates the license so they can stay control over it and make more money. Well, they don't, well, yeah, they make the, I think nurses pay for the licenses or you called it a license, right? Yeah. Um, if they didn't lose their license because of, of a reprimand, meaning right. they, they hurt someone right. or, you know, then it, it's probably better, better. Right. <laughs> They're probably better right. at it. Right. Right. Well, we also need, like um, you mentioned earlier, and I kind of, I'm glad that you said that because I've learned that actually that's one of the first ones that I realized wasn't a real thing was rabies. And I stopped vaccinating my dogs and you saw, I just got those giant puppies. Um, you know, I, we also need veterinarians that understand oh, yeah. all of this because you know, we have, I have horses and chickens and dogs and cats and it's not like we don't want to take them to the vet because we don't want to fight to get like the basic whatever we need while having to fight that they want to put poisons in our animals just because we showed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that's, there's, like I said, there's lots of need Mm -hmm. For those type, I mean, my my um, mentor Stephen Marsden, Doctor Stephen Marsden, he's in Edmonton, and he will never push a vaccine on anybody. So there's a good bet right there. Um, I'm in Mississippi. I'm, yeah, I'm so but there, like I just know one. Uh, <laughs> um, and yes, you you, it's gonna be hard to find one, but you know, if you, you have to do your own animal, animal, have your own animal knowledge and your own books and things so that you know how to treat the more common stuff. And again, if you have DMSO, if you have diatomaceous earth, uh, if you have, you know, some basic, some vitamin C, some turmeric, I mean, you, there's a lot you can do with some basic home remedies and a good encyclopedia or a, a good natural vet manual that you can yeah. reference and homeopathy. Make sure you know your basic homeopathy and there's really good veterinary homeopathic guides that can help you for all kinds of, you know, strange things that can happen, which is usually the only other thing is what we have to get around because I I'm, I get have a lot of cats in my, there's always cats somewhere. And so we have, I spay and neuter the cats and finding a vet that won't jab and or insist upon it or any of that. So because my parents have rescued cats for like the last 20 years, we know vets that will kind of just look the other way and just get the spay and neutering done without harassment and other hassle. Right. So it's just I'm looking for that right now because those guys are going to get, their dad's 170 pounds, so they're going to get very big. So they could get out and get into some trouble when their hormones kick in. So Yeah. So it has to be done. So we have to find ones that are 
at least supportive. If if it was India, you just give them another hundred rupees and you're probably <laughs> Well, that works here too, but it's a little more than a hundred. I know. Right. <laughs> more like a million, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a question about uh, DMSO while pregnant. I talk about that at length in my book. Uh, you cannot use DMSO while pregnant. Uh, until the second trimester, and then only in small amounts, which is going to be at 30% mark. For example, I make my facelift in a jar, which is my top seller, and it's about 30% DMSO, and that can be used once a day on the skin of a pregnant woman that's in her second trimester. Or in an emergency situation, you can use it, you know, one-off, kind of like a break or a burn or something serious. Um, but because and it's only to be precautious. There's actually not real scientific proof that this is the case, but the scientific proof of uh, rapid uh, in rapid cells, like cells that are um, dividing quickly in children, um, they've shown that DMSO, when injected in high amounts or in implants, like when they do the transplants, organ transplants, because DMSO is used for organ transplantation to preserve the tissue, there can be rapid cell death of the nervous tissue while it's in its growth phase. Hmm. Which, uh, so they found that, but this, we're talking like massive doses in an un, non, um, like non-transdermal or ingesting, like this is right into the tissues. So they suggested that it's teratogenic, which is going to cause cell division problems in the, in the fetus. So we just back off and we take precautions in sensitive times and use on a need bit need basis only just to be prudent. It's just prudency. That's interesting that that's how they studied it. Um, it almost seems intentional because the, I mean, it's basic knowledge that a venom can be ingested and be fine and a poison can be injected and be fine. So what, the way that you normally would use it would be topical or ingested, mm -hmm. not injected. So yeah, well, injection you can do injection, uh, but that's there are injection protocols okay. and so forth. But what I'm saying is the studies that show this problem are not just doing a little bit of transdermal stuff. They're doing some heavy duty usage. Um, I want to jump back. One more question. We've kept you here for an hour and 50 minutes, but somebody did uh, post in here, which uh, was interesting because we know Dr. Madej has talks about this. Oh. Um, so I don't know if that's uh, an area that you want to talk about or have researched or have. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think a lot of it, I think we have to be careful sometimes with what we're talking about with these injectables because what should have been said when we're talking about Hydra or whatever is that every single shot is full of parasite eggs, <laughs> all of them. And they're all full of mycotoxins. They're all full of fungus, other molds, dust. So the, the, the alarm bell or the, the, the scare factor or whatever, you know, this Hydra thing is all, it's in everything. It, these are, these, you can find this problem in all the shots because they all use the same um, cell lineage, like the same medium growth that they've been using since like the seventies. And that's a, that's it. They're all contaminated. So, so 
the alarm bells should have already gone off long ago mm -hmm. where we're injecting parasite eggs to into children. You know what I mean? But now the hydra, now the hydra. Right. So um, it's no different than any parasite cleanse. It's no different than anything. That's good. Okay. So yeah. just treat it as all of the, the shots are contaminated with parasites and they have been for a long time. Uh, and now we're going to take precautions and guess what? Any parasite can only stay around if there's food, there has to be something to eat. So if you are cleaning and cleansing properly on a regular basis and you're doing the coffee enemas, the juicing, the fasting, proper breathing, sweating, you know, not the eating. GMOs, yes. Sugar. Yes. Then, then you can go, you can use things like diatomaceous earth or, or clays. Uh, you can use MMS cleanses, parasites as well. You know, um, DMSO has a, a role in that. Uh, MMS as well, or um, MSM sulfur also assists with that. So there's lots of different turpentine. You could do some turpentine for a while. Do do a now. Anytime you're trying to actually cleanse parasites, first of all, you never want to kill them. So don't, please, don't use ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. What is? Just stop, stop. I shudder. I freak. I'm like you people don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there's no COVID thing, so there's no drug to stop it. And those drugs are dangerous and those drugs damage your kidneys and those drugs suppress mechanisms and will kill you in the long run. So there's no miracle drug that's going to prevent you from having your flu detox properly. There's, there's vitamin C. There you go. You want your cure IV vitamin C, which they already knew and they already have, and they should already have in, implemented, but they don't. So you don't need some stupid drug from Merck. Okay. That's, that's, so, what, so what do you do for all the people that took it? <laughs> you got to you got to fix your liver and your kidneys now. Now you have liver and kidney damage, so you're going to have to go after that, right? So you know you have to admit that you suppress something that your body was trying to do. Your body was probably also trying to adjust to all the radiation poisoning mm -hmm. by making new enzyme systems, and maybe you now don't have that system, right? So you're vulnerable. And DMSO, by the way, prevents radiation damage to the DNA if you take it prophylactically. So you take it ahead of time. Um, so the, so the cleansing parasites, what I was saying there is you must rotate your protocol. So you don't want to kill. You want to rotate your protocol every two weeks. So you could do two weeks of, uh, diatomaceous earth. You could do to then switch off to turpentine. Then you could do some coffee enemas. Then enemas are the best ways to get rid of parasites ultimately. And then, you know, switch to, to the DMSO. Then MMS, then you know, so rotate, rotate, rotate. All what do you use on your cats? Cats, I use diatomaceous earth. I do the same thing. Diatomaceous okay. earth, well, um, depending on their size, so it's all based on size. I don't think my cats will let me give them a coffee enema. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, um, no, that's not going to work. Uh, so. <laughs> But usually, depending on the, the vermifuge, you can rotate different vermifuges. Like you can look up a whole list of vermifuges and you can then appropriate, like there's websites for natural holistic vet, you know, I think it's Annie's is one of them, Annie's Natural Remedies or something. There's a lot of resources. Um, or the Juliet of the Herbs. I have all her books, Juliet of the Herbs. Um, Juliette de Berkeley Levy was her full name. 
and she had all kinds of natural holistic care for all anything to do with animal, the animal kingdom. Awesome. She had big she had big Pyrenee dogs like the, the yeah that's the, what I have. Oh, I love those dogs. They're yeah. like they're like sheep looking things. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we call ours Teddy and Bear because they look like little bear cubs. Yeah, yeah. I love those dogs. And she was this little woman with these huge horse looking dogs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she traveled around Israel a lot. And uh, she she had every she hated mice. She hated mice. She would do anything to kill a mouse. Um, <laughs> But she had all kinds of natural, holistic, botanical remedies for all of those things. So she has a she has a couple specific books on on animals that I would recommend. Uh, I got when I got these guys, um, they're actually only nine weeks old when you saw them. They're huge already, but um, they came from a goat farm, so they came with roundworms. And I gave them um, it's a tincture of black walnut and clove and. Um, wormwood and it's got a couple other ones to help settle your tummy and yeah um, i've been there their cleanse last night was pretty epic that was their 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 night of their body going okay let's get it all out and <laughs> it's a rough night but they're acting a lot healthier today so yes yeah so there's natural ways to go about dealing with that and then the, and then when you do the two-week thing you're going to catch any eggs that were missed and that sort of that sort of situation Awesome. Great. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to look through the feed one more time or you, you're ready to shut it down. It's, it's your call. We're going on almost two hours. Thank you for your time. You're yes, welcome. thank you. Yeah, I don't know. The parasites in the brain and the margallons and stuff can be more tricky. Um, I like agitating them a little bit with, say, a Rife machine program. So I'll usually put people that I know they have parasites elsewhere. Uh, on my Rife machine protocols, and it'll stir things up a little, like to to start to put a little bit of pressure on their home, <laughs> and um, and then DMSO to open up the tissues because it'll open up the blood brain barrier as well, and then do the the enemas will always work to flush because the blood the entire blood volume goes through the liver every three to four minutes, so they'll they'll start to move into the blood and then you can wash the blood like that. I've had people though where they just start doing the protocols and they just come out every hole. So, um, do yeah. you think that that might have something to do with the change in personality that we're seeing mm -hmm. people? Absolutely. So, do you think that um, using the Rife machine stealthily on loved ones might be a good thing? Hmm. Well, you have a free will problem. You got to be careful. You kind of have to. <laughs> Uh, maybe what you can do is make a puppet show <laughs> where you show them in a subtle symbol, symbolic way, what you're going to do. And then you get consent from them and then you can go ahead and do it. <laughs> I just want to try it. I just want to try it. <laughs> well, you should, you, you ultimately, you can use a picture. So one way I always worked around consent, especially either in animals, children, or the infirm is I would uh, meditate and then pray and then ask God if I could access their higher self and communicate and request consent. So I would, I would always request consent and I train myself to know what it felt like if I got a yes or I got a no, like as a feedback, like a soul discussion. Mm -hmm. 
And so I'd get a check mark if it was yes, a green check mark, and I'd get a red X if it was no. And I would get a red X every now and again. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Great. Okay. So, yeah, I think we're good. Um, All right. Well, um, it was really a pleasure. Um, thank you for extending another 30 minutes, even though you said five. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and sharing all of this information. Um, if there's anything anybody wants to know uh, deeper, crashingjustice.com at gmail um, or crashingjustice at gmail.com is you can reach out and ask me and I can forward on the questions um, to Amanda. And then I'm sure you've got a way to get in touch also, but my meaning based on this um, broadcast, but you know, Amanda's got her, her website, her main website, go ahead and list those off for us again. Uh, Yummy.doctor, that's where the courses, classes, um, all that will be and where my blog and videos are stored. Uh, then yum, Y-U-M naturals.store, that's my store for all the things I make and bring in. And then I have healingwithdmso.com, and that's for the book specifically, if you want to learn about what's in it or, you know, preview it beforehand. And it came out in hard copy, which is really cool, hardcover. Oh, nice, 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 yeah. nice. And they're trying to translate it to Russian right now um, because there's a huge, we just opened up into the Russian market with it um, when I did my video with Kate Sugak. And they're all, they want to read it. They want to have access to the knowledge. So we're trying to, we found a translator. Now we just have to find a Russian publisher that will host the translation. And so we're getting there. Okay, so that, exciting. That's great. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Great. This information's got to get out there. Yeah. And uh, hopefully an audio book in the future. I'm huge on audio books because I put on headphones and do stuff. Right. So I love to, you know, it's hard for me to sit still. I'm one of those people. So um so okay. that would be great just i'm dropping a hint to the publishers <laughs> audio i'll mention it to yeah. them and see what they say that would be great um, i'm gonna um go ahead and say bye my kids are at the door acting like there's an emergency so <laughs> okay well, thank we'll, you so much amanda thanks crash we'll keep you in our prayer when we say our prayer we love to close in prayer um if that's okay with you Absolutely. All right. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together. Um, thank you for Amanda and her knowledge that you are gifting her with, that she's sharing with the world as it awakens today. Please keep your light of protection around her and everything she does so that your word, your natural healing and nature and medicine, the way it's supposed to be, can reach your people. Um, Thank you for giving us this time together. Bless all of those in the chat and that are watching with their healing and the things and the challenges that they're going through. Um, keep opening the channels of enlightenment and education to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, blessings to you over the weekend. And um, I, I heard you on your video, uh, the one that I just watched about the uh, detoxing that you just moved and you're kind of in the throes of that. So good luck with that. That's always challenging. And um, yeah, I found my land and my, my residence now. So I have this place as the business so I could expand and hire more people. And then I go between the two properties and I have more space so I can make things easier and as a part to this tiny kitchen that I was working in. 
Yeah, great. Um, so, and then I'll eventually do videos and lives from there. It's just when you live in a forest, the internet connection is spotty at best. Right, right, right. So we're just been working on that. Good. And uh, no, it's it's great. It's nice to have to have a home rather than you know this crowded, you know, get up, you have to get up because staff's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, so, congratulations on that new journey and I wish you all it. And I'm sure you'll be busy with it over the weekend. So thank you again. Let's, um, let's do this again, if you're willing at some point and uh, see what the future holds and more discussion we can have. Yeah, sounds great. I'm always open to sharing and thanks for, for all your good energy and time and, uh, and bringing, bringing us together. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. And, um, you know, that's, we just try and bring out voices. That was my call. My, my word from God was share more voices. So I'm so glad you were able to join us. So Excellent. appreciate it. Blessings to you and, uh, you have a good one. We'll talk again. Okay. Thank All you right. so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye everyone. <laughs>